Good morning. Welcome to the Special Insight Programme. I'm Todd Nile. Only an earthquake and 40 votes appear to have averted change sweeping through all five of the country's main urban centres. Auckland now has its first region-wide mayor and those elected to the new council will shape the future of the country's biggest region and economy. In Wellington, the mayoral race is one of the closest in the country and the outcome will be decided by special votes. We'll be looking at that battle as well as, as well as some of the notable results from the rest of the country. But first, let's begin with Auckland. Len Brown has become one of the country's most powerful politicians, winning by almost 65,000 votes over his rival John Banks. That's the final count out in the wee small hours without the special votes. In the next few days, it's expected he'll name a deputy. The new councillors will then have three weeks to get used to their roles before they take over on November the 1st. Rowan Quinn with this report. I'm so proud to be able to stand in front of you today and say that I am the Mayor for all of Auckland. Len Brown says his strong support base in Auckland's south showed the rest of the region he has what it takes to lead them all. Now he has to prove it. He says he wants to bring unity to all seven of the districts that have now joined to become Auckland City. And Mr Brown is extending the talk of partnership to the rest of the country. My vision is that our city be the world's most livable city and so it is no time for naysayers. It's no time for stepping back. It is a time for stepping up and out. Our, our country, our community, New Zealanders as a whole are looking to we Aucklanders in this time of unity. The defeated candidate, John Banks, says Len Brown has his unconditional support and says his campaign was superb. Mr Banks says he's quietly confident Len Brown will deliver for Auckland and that he wants him to succeed so that Auckland can succeed. He says he's happy with his own campaign. But I'm not into going back over ploughing old ground because this is not my day. This is Len Brown's day. And good on him, and congratulations to Len Brown. Mr Banks was greeted with a standing ovation at the centre-right ticket citizens and ratepayers function after he conceded defeat. He told the crowd it wasn't meant to be. I've congratulated uh, Mayor-elect Len Brown and his team on an excellent campaign. And I've told him that I'm very happy to give him all the support and the encouragement he needs to make this work for a greater Auckland and for our country. Len Brown may have a lot of support, but he'll still need to prove himself to some of these Aucklanders. The best man obviously won, didn't he? Len Brown ran a very good campaign. He was more prominent, he was more noticeable, um, his his signage, he seemed to get more public exposure. Just a good man, more than John Bank. I don't trust him. I prefer John Banks, I think he's more experienced got more behind him. Mixed thoughts really. I'm, I'm, I'm probably pleased that he's got in eventually but I just hope he can do the job. Mr Brown will head a new council of 20 which has a slight left leaning and many familiar faces including outgoing or past council leaders Mike Lee, Penny Webster, Callum Penrose, George Wood and Christine Fletcher. Mr Lee, the outgoing regional council chair, says the first priority needs to be sorting out roles and how the council will work with the extensive super council bureaucracy. The city will be moving in a certain direction and that the politically accountable elected members will be setting the political direction and not a bureaucratic staff or managers and once that happens 
I think we'll be off to a flying start. One of the newer and younger faces on the Super Council is Michael Gowdy. At 25, he's had three years' experience on the Rodney District Council. He says he's super stoked to be elected, but thinks it will take some time for the new organisation to settle down. It'll be the first to admit that it's going to be a bit of a crazy time, especially over the next three years, figuring out what this new Auckland Council is and what its vision is for the next 50-odd years. Len Brown says one of his main priorities will be transport. He wants fast and efficient rail in the city and says that can be used as a springboard for economic growth. In Auckland, Rowan Quinn. Well, to weigh up those results, we're joined by four guests who specialise in local government in Auckland, Graham Bush, an honorary research fellow in the political studies department at the University of Auckland, where for 30 years he lectured and wrote on local government. Morning, Graham. Good morning. In Wellington, Mike Reid, Governance Manager for Local Government New Zealand, also joined there by David Chan. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Uh, good morning, Todd. Morning. David Chen sat on the Royal Commission on Auckland Governance and chaired the Rates Inquiry in 2007. He's also a former Wellington City Councillor from the 70s. And Christchurch, Jean Drage, who's a lecturer in local government at the School of Social and Political Studies at the University of Canterbury. Morning. Good morning. Well, in victory in Auckland, the new Mayor of Auckland City, Len Brown, has emphasised unity and his approachable style of leadership. People in our communities in Auckland are primarily concerned about what's going on in their backyard, in their streets, in their local township, that I don't rate them out of their homes, and that I'm a mayor who gives a damn about them. And that's about as far as it goes for most people. And in me, they've found the right guy. Well, that's Len Brown. Graham Bush, have they found the right guy? What sort of leader do you think he's going to be? Yes, I think from what Len has said so far, um, he's going to be an inclusive leader, um, a leader as he's emphasised for the whole of Auckland and um, not detaching himself from the South Auckland base but bringing the rest of Auckland uh, towards each other. Mm. David Shand, anything about Len Brown as leader that we perhaps haven't thought of? Well, I think that the high turnout shows, uh, reflects the concern a lot of Aucklanders have about how the super city is going to work. A lot of uncertainty, a very big job ahead. And I think the message is that they preferred Len's message of uh, working together uh, and so on, rather than the John Banks message that he was the tough man to make the strong decisions. So I think uh, they've, they've plumped for that particular message. And I think Len will do, will do a good job. He's got a very mixed council. Don't forget, it's not just the mayor, but there's 20 councillors as well. And he's got a mixed bag of left, right and centre, and he's going to have to, meld, to, to merge them into a, into a good working team. Graham Bush, Len Brown's going to be the link man to, uh, to Wellington and to the Cabinet. Is that going to be a challenge for him, do you think, coming from a, a Labour slant? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so at all, Todd. Um, Len has um, played down his uh, Labour leanings, and I'm sure he's not going to start from the position of we've won, you've lost, and take the Greater Auckland down on some kind of fairly naked partisanship road. I think that would be, to use words other people have used, a disaster. Graham, the, the, when we look at the council, uh, David Shan touched on that. It is, a, it is a mixed sort of council. Is it going to be problematic for Len Brown to, to knit that together? No, I, I would hope that he would emulate the style that Mike Lee used in running the ARC over the last six years. In other words, although there were regional councillors who were of very different 
and quite opposing political allegiances, he managed to bring them together by way of appointing committee chairmanships and so forth in a way that um, melded them together rather than emphasised the divisiveness. David Shand, there's various views on whether it's slightly left, slightly right. I kind of make it slightly even, depending on where some of them go on different issues. Um, is that going to make life easy for him, do you think? Oh, look, I think Len's going to have to work with all of them. And uh, even those people from the right, I think, are people you'd call reasonable people. Uh, the media this morning is suggesting it is left-leaning. I don't actually see that. And looking at the individual councillors, I think it's about five or six on the left, uh, five or six on the right, and the rest in the centre. And, uh, I mean, people like Penny Webster, who's an experienced right-wing politician, she is sensible enough, of course, to know that she's going to have to work with the new mayor. And I'm sure that Len will want to hand out chairmanships, which is the which is something the new mayor can do under the under the Auckland uh, Super City arrangement, that uh, Len will choose the chairs very carefully, I think, in terms of their ability rather than their political partisanship. Mm. Graham Bush, the new structure in Auckland are the local boards. Um, they're going to have, well, we're not quite sure what the workload is going to be. It's going to be significant. Is it going to be a step up for some of those people who are used to a perhaps smaller, uh, lower level life on community boards? I think this depends very much on the functional balance that emerges between the Auckland Council and the local boards. I was, during the uh, legislative process, I was particularly disappointed in the failure to, in fact, specify more closely what those boards were actually going to do. I would hope that they would finish up with more significant functions rather than fewer. Mm. David Shand... uh how important is this whole thing to the rest of the country or how much of it how much of a threat is the super city going to be that was a line run by Kerry Prendergast in Wellington Oh, I don't see that as a threat at all. I think it's just a logical arrangement to have a unitary authority for for Auckland. Uh, I don't agree with the comments that uh, this is the the mayor's position is the second most powerful position in the country. The mayor is only one. Uh, he's got certain additional powers, but he's only one person on it with, with 20 councillors who also have a vote. So I, I don't think that it really uh, amounts to that at all. I think the real issue is going to be working together, working with the bureaucracy and working with the government. And the noise is coming from Mr Key have been very uh, very mild and sensible. I think that um, uh, they will have to work together. Nothing can happen in Auckland without the agreement both of the central mm. government and the new Auckland Council, and they'll have to work together to sort these things out. Right. Well, the move to a single Auckland Council, of course, is important not only for Aucklanders. The influence of a single local body representing one-third of the country's population is bound to have an impact on councils elsewhere. With a wrap-up from results uh, from around the country, here's uh, Catherine Hutton. Relentless television coverage and media exposure undoubtedly helped incumbent Bob Parker comfortably win the Christchurch mayoralty over his nearest rival, Jim Anderton. Mr Anderton criticised Mr Parker for effectively shutting down the mayoral campaign and refusing to debate with him, opting instead to focus on earthquake recovery. But that's a suggestion that Mr Parker denies. Look, I've done lots of debates. I'd been around the community, I got the billboards out there and pressed the flesh. But on the 4th of September, everything changed. And uh, it was very clear to me that I would not be able to do two jobs. And there was only one that mattered. And that was to focus on the work that the city required me to do. 
Invercargill Mayor Tim Shadbolt believes the power of the media also played a role, helping him to his sixth term as the city's leader. He secured a 10,000-vote majority over his nearest opponent, singer Suzanne Prentice, who refused to take part in a local televised debate. Quite a decisive moment was not doing the television debating. People expect it these days, and I think that got nationwide coverage, you know. It's just considered part of the election process these days. In Whanganui, the race was opened by the resignation of the Mayor, Michael Laws, who returns as a district councillor. Former regional councillor, Annette Main, who supported including an H in Whanganui, clinched the mayoralty from six-year Deputy Mayor Dot McKinnon by just a few hundred votes. She says the result demonstrates a hunger for collaborative leadership. The style that we've had in the last few years hasn't been the kind of involvement from the community that we would like. But there is a place for people's opinions to be heard, and I, I, I want to see that happen more. It was an even closer race in the central Hawke's Bay, where local farmer Peter Butler appeared to head off the incumbent mayor Trish Giddens by 76 votes. Overall, 10 mayors were defeated, with a number of quite established and long-term leaders losing their seats, including those in Clutha and central Otago. Hamilton's first-term mayor, Bob Simcock, was defeated by newcomer Julie Hardacker. Ms Hardacker believes her lack of local council experience helped rather than hindered her and reflected the fresh approach voters were looking for. I think they've been looking for someone to crystallise what they're feeling about um, Hamilton. I think people are, are saying they want Hamilton to be better than it is. You know, look, it's a good place, but um, it could be better. I've got um, some exciting uh, ideas and things for Hamilton. We do want change. That's what the voters in Hamilton have said. And I look, I just can't wait to get on with it. In Dunedin, City Councillor and TV personality David Cole unseated Peter Chin, who was standing for his third term as mayor. Mr Cole is promising to find savings in the council's operational budget in an effort to reduce the city's debt. The only place we can find room for manoeuvre is cutting operational costs, and we've got to do that without cutting services, so we've got to find efficiencies. That's the only place. With the debt remains, we have to repay it. Several mayors also won large majorities, including Palmerston North's incumbent John O'Naylor, whose 16,000 votes easily defeated former Mayor Mark Bell Booth with just 2,000. Hastings Mayor Lawrence Yule also won comfortably by 4,500 votes. Mr Yule says his priority is to look at the issue of a possible amalgamation of Hastings, Napier and Hawke's Bay Regional Councils. He says economic growth in Hawke's Bay has been hampered by a lack of unity and that's why it's important to consider the issue of amalgamation. I just think our region needs to have a real serious look at this and I think there are some tremendous opportunities, some efficiencies and and a far more focused and clearer direction going forward and we need to, to see whether our community wishes to go down that path. It is at the end of the day a democratic decision for all the communities involved. Several elections have been too close to count and their results will not be known until late and special votes have been counted in the middle of the week. This is Catherine Hutton. If you want to check the results in your area, you can go to the Radio New Zealand website at radionz.co.nz or to the local government New Zealand website, which is elections2010.co.nz. This is an insight special on the local election results. I'm Todd Nile, and we're joined this morning by David Shand, Graham Bush, Jean Drage and Mike Reid. Well, Wellington, the incumbent Kerry Prendergast in a fight for her mayoral life. She's leading her rival Celia Wade-Brown by only a whisker, and that could change 
with the counting of late and special votes. David Shan, that's your uh, patch. Did you see that one coming? Not really my patch. I'm an Aucklander. But uh, um, no, I didn't. I think I think Kerry's been the mayor for a long time. I think she hasn't had strong opposition in the past. Maybe people have just felt it's time for a change. Uh, she's never, in a sense, had huge majorities, but people have voted for her, I think, basically because of the lack of a viable alternative. And I think... Um, I think this time Celia Wade-Brown was, was regarded as a viable alternative and has run it very close and may yet win. Jean Drage, I know we're still in Wellington, but one of the things Kerry Prendergast had campaigned on was the need for experience with this great super city bogey thing that may affect local government around the country. Does that, does that resonate, do you think, in Christchurch and really in Wellington? I think... Um, that it's, I think it resonates right throughout the country. We've heard um, from a lot of mayors um, since we've been talking about the changes in Auckland about the change in their areas, and we've heard, um, we've also heard quite a bit of that just in the last 24 hours with the results of the elections. Um, I think whether in fact that's had an impact on the um, um, end result um, is I'm not quite sure of. Mm. Mike Reed, we you know we're seeing some good battles there. Wellington, a very close one, an interesting turnaround in Christchurch, and yet nationwide we're looking at a turnout of about fifty percent. Is that fifty uh, percent good or fifty percent bad? Well, I think we're quite relieved that it actually hasn't gone down from where we were in um, two thousand and seven, and has gone up slightly. So um, that's really encouraging. Could we have expected more, particularly in Auckland, where you know the great super city, and yet we're only sitting on the national average? Yes. Well, Auckland's voting significantly more than what we've seen in, in recent times. So I think, personally, I think the fifty percent is actually a, quite a good number for a local government system like New Zealand, which is a local government system which runs you know very few essential services. We don't do education, health, or welfare, for example, as you see in Europe, where you get really large turnout numbers. So when we compare ourselves, say, to, to some of the Australian states, South Australia or Western Australia, 50%, they would be thrilled to get 50% turnout. Mm. All right, Gene Drage in Christchurch, uh, Bob Parker staying on there, saying that he may well have uh, done well or, or even one had there not been an earthquake. What do you make of that? Was the earthquake the decider? Well, it was definitely the decider in the result. Um, the high turnout, you know, we've had um, uh, almost 10% higher turnout here in Christchurch than we had at the last elections, and that's directly result, um, a, a direct result of the very credible contest that we had here in Christchurch. So I think we've got two quite distinctly different things here. We've got, we had a, a contest between two very well-known and credible um, um, mayoral candidates. We had an increased number of of candidates standing for the council. We had a great deal of debate on a lot of issues that have happened here in the last three years and we and that we've seen an enormous amount of response from the community to that, you know, um, ongoing letters to the editor. Uh, you know, this campaign's been going since April, really, uh, and but it changed completely on, for, on the 4th of September. And we can see that um, with um, the sort of... Uh, when you look at the public polls that have been run over this time, you know, in May and August, Anderton was well ahead of um, Parker, and that changed at the end of September. The polls showed Parker ahead. And it's interesting when we look at some research that's been done by the Media and Public Affairs Research Group at Canterbury University, where they looked at the rallying effect which tests public opinion following a crisis period. 
their results found that Parker's overall gains came um, from either undecided voters or from former Anderton voters. Does a, does a touch of the celebrity factor come in there? He's a, you know, by profession a, telev- a television performer in his past. When we look at that race, uh, perhaps in uh, Invercargill as well with Tim Shadbolt, are people sort of more impressed by the colourful performer or the, or the slick performer? Well, there's certainly... Um, I think that one of the things we always see in local government is that name recognition. It's always been huge in, in elections. And um, certainly these people that have had careers um, at, you know, at, at that level have an impact. But we're also seeing that celebrity... Um, well, I'm not sure you call it celebrity focus, but we're seeing some former MPs being elected. I mean, Ron Marks and Carterton... Harry Dinehaven in New Plymouth and in Auckland we've seen um, people um, who've been elected to the council have had well certainly careers in local government but also at central government level and I think that that's because there's so much focus on the mayors nowadays I mean the media tells you all the time through an election campaign about who the mayoral candidates are but not who else is standing for the council and we have to remember and it, I mean it's already been mentioned this morning that the mayor is only one voice around mm. the country and you know it, it's a, it's quite a concern that uh, you know for voters you know they're going uh, they've got this form in front of them with all these other names and who have they heard about those? It's all about the star. Graham Bush yes. that, that's, a, that's a topic close to your heart. Yes I, I, I um, I was going to interrupt there and point out that name recognition is even more important for councillors than it is for mayors mm. because of the fact that Jean mentioned. Mm. Mike Reid, what about the state of for local government overall? We've got 21 new mayors. That, I mean, in Hamilton, we've got someone who was never in, in local government before. So that's nearly a third of the country's mayors are new. Is that a good thing or is that going to test local government uh, trying to support all these people? Well, it's a bit of both. Um, Getting new blood is really important for a democracy, but it really only works if we actually change our leaders on a, on a regular basis. And one of the things that we were interested in watching about this, this election was, were we going to see a greater turnover than what we usually get? And uh, I think we actually count something like 24, 25 new mayors, Todd, and mm-hmm. that is pretty much what we get, we've had over the last two elections. Uh, we actually run a school for new mayors next week. We have a two-day training for new mayors where we tell them it's too late to change your mind, basically. But... Um, <laughs> And we bring experienced mayors in to spend a bit of time with them to, to give them some tips and, and, and to help them get started. And um, yeah, that seems to work really well. They appreciate that. We also, so we offer a range of services that helps, helps them get started, particularly the new ones who haven't been on council before because it's a big learning experience. Mm. Um, learning, you know, what can we expect from the chief executive? Uh, you know, how much power do I have? What sort of decisions can I make? How, to, how, how can I be effective? Uh, what makes the difference? Graham Bush, how much of a challenge is that going to be in Auckland to an organisation and the politicians, an entire region, new structure, new people? Some of them don't even know what their jobs are going to be yet at the board level. Uh, Yes, well, I'm hoping that the transition agency over the last 18 months um, has done a lot of the work that is going to be necessary for the new Auckland Council to bed itself in effectively. Uh, I don't think anyone should be under any illusions that there are not going to be hiccups sometimes uh, things, uh, setbacks that are more more than hiccups. But I would stress that we've got the new system now. Uh, there's no use bad-mouthing it, uh, and it's got to be made to work 
primarily by the people who have been elected and the experienced senior officers who are there. But could I add just one other point, Todd, and that is that the CCOs, the council-controlled organisations, which are now so crucial to the future of Auckland, that they come in on the same side as the council. David Shand, you sat on the Royal Commission, which, not entirely as it's turned out, but recommended a a sort of what's become known as the super city structure. Now that it's in place in Auckland, do you see an inevitable look in other centres at some form of amalgamation, picking up some of the things that have happened in Auckland? Oh, I think so, and I think part of the issue is the role of regional councils around the country, which is questioned, I think, increasingly. Uh, Auckland has a unitary council or one or two other small rural areas, Tasman, Gisborne, which have uh, Marlborough, which have a unitary council. I think this is going to be carefully looked at by the government and by and by the population as well. I think there's a real question about the effectiveness of, of regional councils. It's interesting to note that has been very little said about them uh, in this morning's program, even though, even though they're very important. Mm. Gene Drage, I heard an um there. Christchurch, of course, has had some uh, some famous dealings with its uh, regional council uh, in the past year or so. Is is the Canterbury area an area for a, a super city style reform? Well, I, uh, I, I, I mean, my um was related to the fact that we didn't get to vote, of course, for our um, no. regional council in these elections. Uh, and I, th- I, agree, I agree with David Shand. I think that um, it is an issue that's going to be um, very much at the fore. I'm, I don't believe that um, other, there's other areas that that uh, have come through with the same sorts of issues that Auckland has. You know, I I'm, I'm don't actually um, quite understand what all these arguments are about um, having to have these larger um, local authorities, unitary authorities and so on. We've got some very successful examples of shared services around this country at the moment and if we come back to what local government's really about, it's about community government. Uh, you know, We have a very, very different situation with metropolitan government in Auckland. I don't believe that it's um, um, echoed throughout the rest of the country. One issue which may affect local body elections all across the country is uh, is polling, and this came up in the Auckland case where there was a new thing that occurred, exit polling, um, asking people how they voted during the three-week polling period. Mike Reid, it seems to be something that simply wasn't ever thought of when the legislation was drawn up, and there are mutterings that it should be uh, stamped on. Do you think it will survive for the next election? I'm not so sure it will survive before the next election. I think that over the next three years... Um, enough issues have, have arisen with this election that maybe the government will have another look at the Local Electoral Act and, 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 and see if there's some tidying up that's required. I think we have to go back to 2004. The, the, um, the Justice Administration Select Committee did a, a really in-depth investigation into the running of the 2004 election and came up with a, a large number of recommendations for improving the processes those recommendations have really been sitting there waiting for a minister to pick them up and, and run them through, and we're hoping that they will be picked up sometime over the, over the next three years, and that's certainly one of the issues they will look at. The other issue, which is, which is just as relevant, is that the 04 inquiry suggested that the three-week election period should be reduced to two, and that's one other way of dealing with the exit poll question. And I think that the reason that's quite pertinent at the moment is that actually we don't give candidates much time to campaign you basically have a week to campaign and people then start voting. Um, I think they need actually longer to be able to, to sell their message. Graham Bush, briefly, uh, when you saw what happened in Auckland, was polling during the, the uh, voting period necessarily a bad thing? 
No, I don't. I don't think it was because it actually activated some people to vote, and the cry, even from local government New Zealand, is to get more people out to vote. And so you can argue almost any system or inducement that does would be a good thing. David Shand, what, what's your view on that one? Oh, I, I think. Uh I think that that's, uh, well, I'd simply agree with the point that's been made uh, by Graham, absolutely. So if it flushes them out, it's all good thing. <laughs> absolutely. But I, I do think uh, that, that uh, Mike's just made a very important point, that the election period is very, very short, uh, and that means that people don't have the opportunity to get their, uh, to get their message across. And no question we should be getting away from uh, postal voting? Oh. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's for Mike. Uh, it's not particularly my area. Mike, away well, you go. From my, uh, look, um, at this stage, I think postal vote had served us well. Um, it certainly increased the numbers of people voting from the experience we had with ballot. Um, I suspect, though, um, as we look in the future, we will be able to offer a, a greater variety of voting forms. We may actually have posting living alongside some forms of electronic or Internet voting at the same time. I suspect we could, we'll be able to manage more variety. And we started with Auckland. We'll end with Auckland. Graham Bush, you wrote, amongst other things, you wrote the history of Auckland City Council. When you look at the dawn of a new era here, are you excited about it or apprehensive? Uh, both excited and somewhat sad at the passing of a very venerable local body like the Auckland City Council, which started in 1870. But uh, as Lynn Brown said, we're now looking forward, we're moving out and up. And so I think our eyes should be on the future of Auckland and how it can be made better by its new local government system. Graham Bush, thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Thank you also to David Shand uh, and Mike Reid in the Wellington studio and to Jean Drage in Christchurch on this uh, special programme from Insight on the local body election results. And we'll leave you with some of the memorable moments from yesterday's results. We are in celebration mode. It's a lot better to be 10% ahead than 10% behind. Being a mayor of a great city like Hamilton, big city, is a challenging job, but I'm not mad, no, not at all. I don't know that I went wrong. In fact, I see it really as a success. I respect the decision of the voters. I think it's better to win than lose, and I'm really very grateful and very humbled by the level of support that we've been shown by the community. I'm looking for the government to work with me solidly on the delivery of my vision. I'm coming straight off the street, really. It's a bit of a baptism of fire, you might say. I go out with a grin on my face. You come in by the polls, go out by the polls. 